Well, good to be together this morning, first day of the week. Good to be able to take time right now to study God's Word. And I pray that this will be very encouraging to you. As you can see from our bullet center from the screen behind me, uh, you can go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to draw out from this text. I was checking my notes, and, and I guess after preaching for 16 plus years, I go over my notes and I just assume there are some things that feel like I just preached on that a year or two ago. And I went back looking for this, and I can't find any record of me preaching on this in the last four and a half years that I've been here. I thought, that's weird. I felt like this is one of my favorite messages to preach from. Maybe I did it on a Sunday night or another time. I know that I've covered it in different classes. And I know that it's going to come up in our studies on Sunday morning in Romans chapter 12. But I want us to look at what the, what the Bible has to say about these gifts that God has given us. How wonderful they are and what we're, what we're supposed to do with them. God has given us uh, blessings. He's given us talents. And He wants you to use them. How does He want you to use them? That's what we're going to look at this morning. And I hope this will be an encouragement to you. Before we get into our study, let's pray together. Heavenly Father... We ask your blessings of your grace right now. May our hearts and our minds be focused upon your word. May we take in from the things that we studied this morning and within our hearts. Father, we ask that you produce change within us. Help us, Father, to be diligent and obedient and faithful to you in every way. Father, help us to use our gifts and abilities to give glory to you and to use them in a way in which you want us to use them so that others turn to you and so that people can see the work of Christ in our lives. Father, make us your workmanship, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So I think this is a very important subject. I was looking over a number of subjects, this, this uh, number of articles this week, and uh, hearing from different speakers on podcasts, and I began reading some articles, and it just came to mind as I was working through, them, through the message, uh, the regrets that people have at the end of their life. You ever thought about that? Um, what would you regret at the end of your life? And so a lot of the newspaper articles are kind of secular, so they don't, you know, I think one of the main things is not following God or following his word would be at the top of the list. But usually that's not on the list. But what you do get are a lot of different things. And you, and my, a lot of different things might be coming to your mind right now. What's the top things? And so the number one thing that people say is, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't use my abilities and my talents. I didn't um, use them in, to acquire and to, to, to do what I was meant to do um, as far as my purpose in life. There are other things that people regret, and a lot of it comes down to this, and this definitely applies to the Bible. The other two things are usually, I regret that I didn't make my relationships right, that I didn't keep up certain friendships and relationships within my family. Uh, and so a lot of the regrets come along with, with relationships. And the last thing is, I regret not forgiving. Now, if you look at a lot of those, every one of them has to do with me or us personally using our lives and our gifts from God and using the, the gospel and what God has given us for the glory of God. And we can see the answer to that, and every one of them is in Christ. All those regrets that people have at the end of their life. And again, I, would, I know it says top three right there, but again, I'd put a plus one. One at the very top is not being faithful to God would be, again, at the top of the list of things that people regret toward the end of their life. And usually some people have the benefit and the blessing toward the end of their life of 
you know, uh, being baptized and coming to, to faith in Christ or coming back to the church. But not everybody has that, that blessing. And uh, sometimes a very difficult journey in that direction. And that has also been apparent to me a lot as of recent. So you have your Bible. I'm putting it on the screen for you this morning as far as our exposition. But Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. A passage of scripture you should be familiar with. You might, it might be your favorite passage of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 or verse 2 about giving yourself as a living sacrifice and not being, being transformed and not being conformed to this world. Well, right after that, this is where we find this amazing text that is a great encouragement to us about what am I supposed to do with my life personally? You know, a lot of people say, well, God has given me a calling or I'm waiting for some kind of message from heaven. Uh, You know, I'll open up my Bible and just point to stuff to try to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I know that I'm supposed to follow God and follow Jesus, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point in my life. What what is there before me? And so the scriptures would tell you, and what we're going to see right here is that God has given you gifts and abilities. He's given you talents and he's given to you for a purpose. You have a purpose in life. You're meant for something. You know, I'm very specific. And how do we see that? And the scriptures tell us you can see that uh, by your abilities. And maybe you haven't thought much of that about that, but I hope that you will this morning. As you're going through your sheet, I kind of made it out on the bulletin um, the way it was last week. You write down your own observations. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But the application section, I think, is also going to work very well this morning for thinking about what are my talents, um, what is the work that I do that I enjoy, and then, you know, what did God put within me that, that helps me, motivates me to do that? What mission has He put before me? And for me to do this for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of my family, and Um, as a part of our careers, our vocations and our jobs, um, and what we're doing with our life every day, whether you're retired or in school or working, it very much applies with using God's gifts. So let's read the text here. Romans 12, this is what Paul says. He says, For through the grace given to me, I say to each one among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to, to think so as to have sound thinking. All right, what's sound and healthy thinking? And not thinking highly of myself. How can I do that? And think, think like this, he says, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So, I want you to think in a way in which you're trusting and believing in God. This is a sign of your maturity and measure of faith. And don't become haughty about this. Now keep going. He says, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What's he saying? Again, you're one body, and everybody in the body has different skills and abilities that need to be used for the benefit and the blessing of the church. that has been given to you by God and has been given to you by His grace. He has allotted it to you. Listen to this. Keep going, verses 6 and following. Having gifts, but having gifts, notice the description there, while wow, He calls them. They're given to you. Why can I not be high-minded and, and think so highly of myself? Because all my abilities and all that God has given me and all my successes in life have come from my Creator. They've come from God. They're according to His grace and His favor. It says, but having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. 
We have different gifts, different abilities, and it comes by, again, God's grace. Then he gives a list of them. Notice this here. We'll slow down and think about this in a minute. But whether prophecy in agreement with faith, or service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching. What is happening here? He's saying these are different gifts that you have that you can use that God has given to you. For you to use for the glory of God. So whether it's uh, being able to, to speak or to prophesy, to preach in agreement with what is true according to the faith. Whether it's service, it's serving others. Whether it's in teaching and teaching others. Whether he who exhorts, that's encouragement, or urging and challenging others in his exhortation. He who gives with generosity. He who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, usually when you look at like a list of talents and skills, you probably think of, or as a man, I think of hard skills. I don't usually think about soft skills. I don't think about mercy being a skill. Don't think of it that way. Or compassion. Or love. And those are things that are a part of abilities that God has given to us. Some of us are more inclined to have a gift from God as far as mercy and compassion and insight for others who are around us. And he's saying, you want to use all that. And it's not just, well, this guy can speak and he's the main uh, you know, influence or, or leader in the church or in the congregation or whether in the workplace. It's not just about speaking. He says it might be just in the, in the very fact that you can serve. God has given each one, each one of these, these gifts from him. And he says you need to use it. Use it in the body. You have a different functions and use it for one another. So these are things that I see here in the text. First of all, when I read... That section of Scripture right there from Romans 12, I see that God has, again, a specific purpose. He's given us specific gifts. And as you look over those gifts and those talents, you may not have just one of them. Remember the parable of the talents? I'll come back to that in a minute. And I'm, I'm, I need to do another sermon on the parable of the talents. But as the talents were given out as a measure of gold, of, of weight of gold, and of course a talent, if you know, it would equal today about two bars of gold. That's an immense amount of, of wealth. In the parable of the talent, as each servant was given that, one was given five, one was given two, and one was given one, they were to take it and to use it and invest it. And what we see today is God has given us, you know, certain talents, and you might have five of them. And so what are you supposed to do with them? You're supposed to use them. And so when we observe our lives and we think about what we're doing now and what our purpose is, we can see it in the gifts that God has given to us. Now, you might overlook some of those talents. You might not think about them. You might be thinking, well, I got the gift and ability, but who's, what am I going to use it for? And I would tell you, number one, to go and pray about it and think about it. But every bit of this, what we're looking at this morning, it ties into your career, your vocation, the direction you're going in life at all times and all reasons, because God says you always have a gift that's been given to you. And it's a part of you know, that question is, what am I supposed to do? What can God make good use of me? You know, and there's certain times in my life I've gotten down and I said, I don't know what God's going to do with me. I don't feel like I'm good at anything. And, and I, I feel a real struggle in that. What am I supposed to do? And so I just pray to God and I turn to Him and say, God, use me. Whatever doors you open to me, I'm going to go through them. And I'm going to look for what you want me to do. And that, that has been my genuine prayer. And it still is. So the direction we're going in life, whether you're looking at a career and you're, or maybe you're in the middle of it, you're looking in the, in the rearview mirror and looking at what am I going to do with my gifts now? There are things right here in Romans 12 that help us. 
Number one, we see that God's grace has been given to us. God's favor, that's His grace. He has given you these wonderful gifts. It's part of His common grace and His providence that He loves you. And so you should be able to this morning and at least take some time to think about what are my gifts? What am I passionate about doing? And then look at, our li- look at your life and say, you know, what, what's the mission behind this that drives me that God has given me these gifts? Because God says He's given them to you, but he, he leaves it up to us to, to figure out what those gifts are. Because you got this in multiple scriptures saying, you, you've been given these things, what is it? I think another thing here is it gives you humility. You have the ability to do something doesn't mean that, oh, I can do it and therefore I'm better than someone else. You know, you have some people that will place their success over others. Um, but God has given us these natural uh, talents. What do we do with them? How do we think about them? And so some people foolishly think they're better than others because of what they can do and how they do it. But again, every bit of it is according to the measure of faith. It's according to the grace of God that you can do what you do. Another thing that's, t- that's mentioned here in the text is that various gifts are, give- are given. Again, not everyone has the same gift. Everybody has a different function. And so as you look at yourself and you look at your gifts, think about it. What am I doing for the church? What am I doing for my family? What am I doing right now in my life as far as my vocation? And when I say vocation, I don't just mean work. I'm just, it's any work you're doing. Because whether you're retired and you're in the middle of the career or you're in school, you are in a vocation. You're doing something. Are you using your God-given gifts? You know, a lot of people wander through life and they think, did I do the wrong thing? And uh, am I in the wrong job and occupation? That may be true. Are you using the gifts that God has given to you? And if you're getting burnt out and worn out, you, you, you need to look at that. What has God given to me? Another thing that stands out here in the text is it says this is a part of the body. It's a part of the unity of the body, that everybody has a different function and a different work. And I shouldn't expect everybody in this congregation to be able to be a song leader or to be able to read Scripture uh, very well, you know, as far as when it comes Sunday morning. Not everyone will have the ability of teaching a Bible class. You know, I wish that we all had it. Some of us have different things where I'm just good at serving behind the scenes. You know, uh, whenever there's an event, I'm really good at organizing it. Those are talents and things that need to be applied. And, uh, and again, I'm putting in the context of the church because that's what I'm thinking about right now. But this applies in every part of your life. I think another thing about your gifts is they show your identity, what you were created for, who I am. I have purpose. You know, people get so down on themselves and depressed and say, what use am I to others, to my family and to my loved ones and to my friends, to the world, to the community, for the church? And then there's no awareness there and they become depressed. Even here, people taking their lives. And I think that so many men take their lives because they just, life becomes empty. It's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Especially, um, especially after men have, are separated from their spouse and go through long periods of, of being depressed and being down. And the only hope there is again to turn to God and again to use the abilities that He's given to you. Another thing that stands out here in Romans 12, again, is service. And in all these things, there needs to be an idea that I want to serve God. I want to help others. I hope that's within you. I think most of us have that within us. I want to help others. But what can I do? Think about that. And then again, as I pointed out before, it's a part of your everyday life, your vocation. You are made and God has given you an ability.
So I want you to think about that this morning and focus on it. Maybe you're very aware of it. I know my talents. I know my abilities. I know exactly what I'm passionate about doing. I know exactly when to use it in every part of my life in the church and with my my work and everything. Uh, I know exactly what motivates motivates me. God bless you if you, you got that in order. Because I would say personally, uh, over the last year, I've examined that about myself. I've looked at it and said, what am I doing? Am I using my gifts? Am I, am I, am I being motivated in the right way? Uh, what pushes me and drives me that God has given me that, that's a part of this, a part of these uh, natural abilities and talents that God has given me? So as we read through that list, this is what we saw again. You had the word prophesying. So you might have these abilities. You might be good at exposition of, of reading a text and drawing out from it. Or you can speak inspiring stories and speak in, a, in that kind of way. Maybe you're good in communication and preaching and so forth. And that would be the word for prophesying there. Maybe it's serving. You're a skilled worker. You're good at cooking. and You're maybe good at cleaning the house. You just know the details. You know exactly what needs to be moved. You're a good manager, a steward of money. All those are abilities that God's given to us. And we don't need to overlook them. And we can use them to the glory of God. Teach. Teaching. So there's different ways of teaching. Maybe you're more of a coach or a trainer. Maybe you're someone who teaches through storytelling verbally. And maybe you're just someone who's able to guide one-on-one and tutoring and mentoring. That's been a part of your ability. Use it. God's given it to you. Don't overlook it. The scripture we read this morning says again, by God's grace, you've been given gifts. Use it. Use it. That's a command. This is an the very reason God has given you these blessings. And it's a good thing. It should give you joy and excitement to say, I've got reason and meaning in my life. Now, at the same time, some people overlook this as far as exhortation. And I know some in this congregation, when I think about exhortation and I need encouragement, I know who I can go and talk, speak to or who will be an encouragement to me. So exhortation, be an encourager. The word here in Greek means someone um, who's called beside you. And sometimes it's been used in regards to a lawyer or someone who advocates for you. So advocating, uh, influencing, urging others, challenging others, petitioning others. You have that talent. Use that. You know, and it very much applies right now. Encourage and push others, urge others, draw others to use their gifts. And then some people don't look at it this way, but giving. doesn't matter how much money you make or how much you have to give, give it. You know, the Bible tells us to give. And the more you give, the more you're going to receive back. Jesus says, you give abundantly, and He'll give back more than, than, than you gave. Overflowing. The cup is overflowing. Luke chapter 6. And so when it comes to giving, share. Share your time. Share your food. Share your home. Share what you have to give. We all want to have a part in contributing, supporting. And so this is a gift given to us by God. The things that we have, the wealth that God has blessed us with, contribute, use it, support others in giving. All right? And then leading. The text says there, leading is a gift of God. And he says, lead with zeal. That's what it says there in Romans 12. Lead with zeal. You know, some people have that kind of enthusiasm. They have that personality where I love being around them and I always feel encouraged or also always feel led to do better. To do better with, with life and what God has given to me. So I, we need that leadership. We need the zeal, the passion, the enthusiasm, that inspiration again. And then the other thing that stood out there, and you could translate the word as mercy or compassion. 
Oh, we definitely need this in the church, don't we? We need it in our family. We need it in our homes. We need it in the workplace. We need people who are passionate, um, who are compassionate, who are merciful, who are loving, who are filled with grace and full of kindness. You know, you might be thinking, I I recently took, um, you know, kind of a, it was like a career assessment, but again, it shows you your talents and passions and so forth. And then they list talents at the top. And I remember getting it back and I got angry. I just got angry at it. It's like, that's not a talent. That's a sin. No, it was, it was that inspection. And in my mind, I'm thinking judging. And then there are other things that were on there and I thought, I don't know. And one of them was compassion. And I thought, how is that a talent? But when you look at what the scriptures say, it's a gift from God for you to be merciful and compassionate and loving and gracious more than others. You're able to communicate that. You're able to cross boundaries and lines that others can't. You're able to reach out in other ways that other people can't. That's a gift given to you by God. Use it. Use it. And I'm not just saying in the context of church, I'm just saying in your life, in your family, in the workplace. And if you don't see your talents in that list, you know, that's just coming right out of the Bible. There are, there are probably other ways of describing it and putting it on there. But those things that come to mind. All right, if you got your bulletin, you're writing notes this morning, I encourage you to do this. Just write out your top two or three talents there, that God-given gifts that God has given to you. And just take a look at yourself. Am I using my abilities? Am I using what God has given to me? And then think about this. What do I enjoy doing? I'm going to work for the rest of my life. And God put, what, man in the garden? To work. He's created us to work. The Bible says we're saved in Ephesians chapter 2 by grace to do what? To be God's workmanship. To be as workers in this world. We don't ever retire from that. We work all the way to the very end. We always have gifts from God. No matter even if we're confined to our bed. We have ability to, to do that. I've had a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ as they get, they become disabled and they're at home and things change in their life. And I've had them saying, why does God keep me around? Why does God keep me around? I've gotten too old. I feel like I'm of use. And I have to remind them, you've been so compassionate and merciful and encouraging to me and to the rest of the family. Your example of faith is enduring. Even down, even at this point in your life, to this point, You're contributing and giving whether you realize it or not. God has given you talents. And again, what we see in Romans 12 is use them. I think another thing here, and we want to be motivated in a way which God wants us to be motivated. The big mission of the church is to make disciples. Matthew chapter 28. So when I think about what God has given me, the talents He's given me, the abilities He's given me, uh, of us individually, we want to look at it spiritually, making disciples, encouraging, helping others, and, and sharing that service with others. Think about what is that mission that's behind it that motivates you. So, I think these give a lot of insight, and it helps us to have a point to where I'm going to follow this commandment to use the gifts that God's given to me, because I see it right in front of me now. As I was reading through this this week, I couldn't help but apply it to work. To find that work is not supposed to be something that just burdens you and drags you along. It's supposed to be a part of your life and purpose. Yeah, there's parts of it you're not going to enjoy. But in every bit of it, whatever you do, listen to what Paul says about your work. Colossians 3 and verse 23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. Do it from the heart. 
And, you know, you've ever worked for certain bosses. It's hard to work for certain individuals. But he says, but how do you work? You work as for the Lord rather than for men. Whatever you spend your days doing right now, you should be able to say, I'm going to work to serve God, number one. I'm going to work to serve the Lord. And that changes everything. You hear about the things that are going on today and it's been in the newspaper. A lot of people go to their jobs and they're doing what's quiet quitting. You've ever heard of that? Quiet quitting? So I'm just quitting. I'm going to do the minimum amount of work and just get a paycheck because I don't really want to be here. I don't really like the environment. I'm just done with this job. And as a Christian, I can't think of a time when I can ever say that at any part in my life that I'm going to quit quietly. I'm just going to secretly quit and stop doing my job. Because the work that I'm doing is for the Lord. Now, if I look at my occupation and say, listen, I'm not using my gifts, then yeah, look for somewhere else to use your God-given gifts. Follow those passions that God has given to you that you know are from Him and are in agreement with God's Word. It's been about two years now when I got to do a sermon on Ecclesiastes, and I keep looking over Ecclesiastes. Went back over that sermon and realized that I had twice as many notes at the bottom that I had hidden away on that message. And I thought, I was supposed to come back and reorganize this and do another one and another one and another one. But I love Ecclesiastes. Uh, And if I ever get the opportunity to speak at like a men's meeting or something, my main focus is to preach on Ecclesiastes. I love that book. It's great encouragement. But listen to what the wisdom here that Solomon has in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 24 to 26. He says, there's nothing better for a man than to eat and to drink and to have his soul see good in his labor. To see good in his work. You know, remember Solomon, he had everything, he had all the money, he could buy anything, he could enjoy anything, he could retire at any moment essentially. But he says, what I find joy in life is to eat and drink and to have joy with my spouse. And there's a number of other things you can add to the list there in the book of Ecclesiastes. But he says, this is it. God has given to man is to actually enjoy the labor that he is doing. This also I've seen is from the hand of God. It is a gift from God to work and to find good in it. And to do it to the Lord. He says, for who can eat and who can have an enjoyment outside of Him? So you got a lot of people today trying to work and trying to be happy today without God. And there's no joy in it. It's just emptiness. It's burnout. It's wearing them down. And they've got to come to their Creator. And then we keep reading here. He says, for to a man, for to a man who is good before Him. So a man who's good before God. He has given him wisdom and knowledge and gladness. You're good, you're right with God, and you're faithfully following him. God's given you this, and he's also given you wisdom and knowledge and gladness. While to the sinner, he has given the endeavor of gathering and collecting. So to the sinner, the man who has no focus, and he doesn't have God in his life, and God's not a part of his work or what he does from day to day, all his life feels like is I'm just gathering, collecting. It's just vanity upon vanities. It's emptiness. It's just gathering and collecting so that he may give to the one who is good before God. He says this too is vanity and striving after the wind. Here's another passage from Ecclesiastes. I want to look at two of them this morning. I couldn't pass this one up. Look here. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 to 20. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 to 20. Solomon says this. Here is what I have seen to be good, which is beautiful. And I agree. Very beautiful. To eat to drink, and to see good in all one's labor, 
and which he labors under the sun doing the few days of his life which God has given to him. God gives you your days. He's given you this work. He says, for this is his portion. Furthermore, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, he has also empowered him to eat from them and to take up his portion and be glad in his labor. This is the gift of God. To take joy in the work that you do, to find joy in your everyday labor is a gift from God. And you can know right away if I'm not using my gifts and I'm just being burdened by my work, something is wrong. Who am I working for? What's motivating me? Am I using my talents? And it says this, for he will not remember much the days of his life. Notice this. He's not going to think about those past days of his life because God allows him to occupy himself with the gladness of his heart. His days become filled with joy for the work that he's doing because he sees the joy in it because he's, he's a, it's part of his purpose. It's who he is. It's what God has created him to do. So I encourage you this morning, and I'll make this statement without any doubt. You do not truly have a talent unless it's given to you by God. All right? I'm going to get a little bit nerdy right now as far as words in Greek. But the Greek word or the English word for talent comes from the Greek word talanta. And it got into our language to mean a skill and ability when it used to mean a weight of, of, of gold. And it got in because you know why. Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. The very fact that we use that word is because of Jesus. Anytime someone says, I got a talent, they're quoting the Bible, they're quoting Jesus. That's where it comes from. It's been given to you by God. Use those gifts. Yes, and throughout our lives, some of those gifts change and they develop and go. And we need to use them. We need to be aware of what God has given to us. So I encourage you this morning. I urge you, use your gifts to do more. You're being commanded by God to do it. Use them to glorify your Creator, and to serve others. And so, from our Scripture reading this morning, we come right back here to 1 Peter chapter 4. And listen to what Peter says. It's very much like what we just saw, we read from Paul in Romans 12. As each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards. You're a good steward if you take what God has given to you and you use it of good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God's grace is abundant upon you in so many layers. Use it. Be a good steward of it. Whoever speaks is one who's speaking the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belongs the glory and the might forever and ever. Amen. That's a very fitting conclusion to the message this morning and the scriptures that we've read. I urge you, examine your life, know the gifts that God's given to you and use them. In fact, you were saved for this purpose. The Bible says you're saved to be the workmanship of God, to be His workers, to have the grace and the faith of God come out in your life to be shown before other people. This is how you glorify your Creator in every part of your life and giving yourself as a living sacrifice. This morning, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, we encourage you, to confess your faith and to repent of having repented of your sins. Put the old person behind you. Be buried in baptism. Start a new life. Recognize what God has given to you to do in this life. You have a meaning and purpose. You have great value. Use it. Use your abilities. Whatever you need so this morning, you need prayers and encouragement. You need to obey the gospel. We encourage you to come right now.
Let's stand and sing together.